Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. We're all getting ready for the new year. 2020 has certainly been a challenging year, and we all look ahead to 2021 with positivity and hope, and I wish you nothing but the best in this new year to come. I'm particularly looking forward to this new year and getting to cover the sporting world with you, so many events and so many things to look forward to. Be sure to listen all the way through the end of this episode. I'm going to be doing kind of a bit of a highlights of 2020 for me and watching sport and what I think have been the most interesting parts of 2020 season and a look ahead to 2021, all the anxiously awaited events. We've got so much to look forward to and there's so much to cover here on this show and I can't wait to get to do it with you. In last week's episode, I shared with you my introduction and my obsession, as it were, with the game of golf, sharing stories about getting to play the old course, discovering the game, my dad's influence that it had on me. And we're staying in the same theme of golf this week. I got to have a chat with my friend Matt Moretz. Matt and I went to Syracuse University together. We actually were on the same floor of our freshman dorm paired randomly we ended up meeting one of the first days one of the first students i met he was actually the first student that shared the same major as me um we both went to high school out on the west coast we had a lot of things in common and one of the main things we also had in common was the game of golf in my sophomore year i lived in this part of syracuse housing called uh south campus and around the corner from south campus was this golf course called drumlin's golf course and as students we could go and play there for free and me and matt went and played there all the time we were we were constantly going out there fighting the cold and uh dealing with frost on the fairways you know any chance we could get to go out there we would and playing with matt made me a much better golfer he played competitively growing up and competed in the junior worlds he grew up in san diego like i said and he got to play tory pines and so that was kind of where he learned how to play golf so it turned him into a formidable golfer matt is certainly a formidable golfer but one of the things I love most is chatting about the professional game with Matt. He has such a good understanding, understanding the players, their mentalities. He knows the field. He knows the sport incredibly well. And so I always cherish my conversations with him. And we would have a ritual in a way of always watching Masters Sunday together through sophomore year. And we always keep in touch. It's like our national holiday. We always check in with one another. Matt always gets in the festive spirit, always on Monday, getting excited, you know, keep calm and carry on. It's Masters Week. (laughs) So I had a chat with Matt about some of our golfing memories and talking about this great game and we jumped straight in and talked about the Masters in November and Dustin's incredible win. Here's my interview with Matt Moretz. (laughs) 
Um, speaking of the Masters, we, we there was a special Masters in November this year. What did you make of Masters in November and DJ's 20 Under? You know, it was it was cool. I mean, you know, it was it's a bummer that we had to wait this long for it. Um, I was kind of, I was like, they, they showed, I think, the major winners since Tiger's win in 2019. I, I couldn't believe uh, who the winners were. You know, Gary Woodland at, at the U.S. Open and... Um, I think it was Shane Lowry, pretty sure, at Port Rush. But um, it's yeah. so long since we've had a Masters. And, um, you know, obviously this year is, is, is different for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, in, in, in pretty much every sport, has been different, uh, not just the fans, but just schedule-wise. Um, but it was cool, you know, and, and it obviously added a different element to it. Um, you know, I think definitely without the first day of the rain and kind of the soft conditions, you know, and that's – and I think DJ – I'm not surprised DJ won just because the way he plays the game, um, you know, Augusta national suits a right to left ball flight, which is why um, Phil Mickelson has wanted a bunch because he plays that, that right to left ball flight. It's, it's frankly surprising why Rory hasn't won it because he hits it so high and he so hits true. that big draw. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Dustin plays, plays a left to right ball, uh, ball flight. And the thing that's unique about his game is, is that he doesn't, he doesn't hit down on the ball super hard. So he doesn't create a lot of spin. So that gives him like that ample opportunity to kind of to hold his ball on the green instead of having it come back and spin off the green, which is, you know, there's ton, I mean, whole, whole nine, for example, has a huge false front. Um, yeah. And uh, hole five has a false front. 18 has a false front, you know, all these, uh, full 15, you know, you spin that back into the water and you're, and you know, you could make a big number, but he clips the ball pretty easily, um, off the turf, which not a lot of players do. So yeah. he doesn't get a ton of backspin on it. So that's optimizes distance. It optimizes ball flight, but it also optimizes spin. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it was almost kind of like Taylor, Taylor may not, no pun intended, but <laughs> Taylor made for him to kind of, to, to do well, certainly in this, in these conditions in November um, with the kind of the softer, softer Augusta. That was, I, I completely agree. I thought it was quite deceptive out there because, you know, Augusta, they, and I think they did a great job of it this year because they had so much more room to cover it and to put cameras in different places and show the, the place is a, the toughest walk on the PGA tour. The, all the caddies say mm-hmm. it's the toughest walk because mm-hmm. it slopes like crazy. And so to, to start that, you know, the conditions were softer and a lot of things were playing softer it was deceptive watching Dustin because he was actually sitting it and not putting a lot of spin on the ball at the, even, you know, even at a regular date, the the ball would be sitting where it was sitting. I think that he played mm-hmm. a, a really immaculate round and he played a couple holes safe and he, and he just buckled down on Sunday and he's had some, just some absolute gut wrenching stories about falling yeah. short. I mean, when you yeah. think about pl- planting the bunker, you know, putting his his club down mm-hmm. in what was an out of bounds area. When you think about that lipped out putt at Pebble Beach, I mean, th- like the list went on for him far too long. And I thought well, yeah, that I his remember... his yeah, speech ahead, at the end with Bal- <laughs> Amanda Baliotis tried to get a couple words out of him. And usually he's the coolest cucumber on the tour, and he couldn't speak. He was just so choked up, which I think is a testament to how special. The, this mm-hmm. tournament is and why even a November Masters kind of had to happen because the whole golf community really, really just loves and supports this tournament. And, yeah. and you can, and you can tell from Dustin that he's, he's one of those. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the special thing about the Masters too. I think it's, in my opinion, it's the coolest, it's the coolest championship in any sport. And that's just my opinion. Right. Um, yeah. But 
you know, certainly, you know, I remember watching the U.S. Open in in 2015 and watching him kind of choke away at Chambers Bay. And and, and a coworker of mine at the place I was working at, he, you know, he told me that there was a winner. So, and there was, you know, five years ago where if it was if it came down to a tie, you'd play 18 holes the next day. Right now it doesn't. Now it's I think they have like a three hole playoff or something like that. But um, but it got to the point where he had this Dustin had this eagle putt to win it. And then a birdie to tie. And so he put it to about two or three feet. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's he's going to make this birdie putt to tie Jordan Spieth. But I thought there was a winner. And then I, I put together, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to miss this two-foot putt. Yeah. And, and he missed it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, slowly kind of put it together that he was going to lose. And he's had so much heartbreak. And it's, it's surprising because he plays the game. Him and I think Brooks Kepka, but more so him, you know, he's not – He's not the um, the sharpest tool in the shed for sure, um, but he he thinks about golf in the simplest of ways, and it's why, frankly, someone that I can't really stand is Bryson DeChambeau with his kind of shenanigans with doing all this quirky stuff. Which I mean, he was impressive at, at the U.S. Open uh, at Wingfoot because that is that's a tough track. I mean, it's a really really difficult track, and he just you know he made mincemeat out of that, but. Um, but, you know, saying like, par, you know, Augusta plays a par 67, like, yeah. like get out of here. You know, like, it, it, you know, you, you have to, you have to play the course that everybody else is playing. And I think that, um, the way he kind of overthinks it, you can't really overthink at Augusta because the, the magnitude is so big. And, you know, the reason why I think that uh, uh, the Masters is just the coolest tournament to win is because, like, first of all, you get, you get exemption for life. And, yeah. you know, you get to wear it, you get to don that green jacket, you know, Dustin Johnson came off the green and you saw like JT, who's, you know, the highest ranked player that was greeting him off the green, not wearing a jacket, but you got Zach Johnson wearing a jacket, you got, you know, Jordan Spieth wearing his jacket. It's like, that's just like a sign of excellence. Yeah. Um, and you, you get to play the Masters for the rest of your life. You're a member of the club, which is just awesome. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's kind of the coolest, it's kind of the coolest perk package in all of golf um, and potentially all of sports, in my opinion, it is. Speaking of Augusta, where, where were you when you watched in 2019 when Tiger came back and, and won his first major uh, after so many years? I was, I was home and, uh, I was watching with Emmett and he and I, obviously it was, it was the early start, right? You had to wake up early to watch. Yeah. And I, and I know a, a few people who didn't get the memo and woke up at, you know, 10 o'clock and turned it on and it was over or, you know, yeah. or whatever it was. I remember like having to sweat out this guy, Francesco Molinari. I just, again, he's boring. I just, I, he, <laughs> he, he beat Tiger Carnoustie, which I was like oh, bitter yeah. about. And, um, and we just watched him on the front nine, just just dominating. I mean, the guy was just firing at all the pins, making all the putts, and and we we're like, God, like this guy's gonna win the Masters, he's gonna be Tiger. It's just so depressing, you know. And and you know, it's just it's one more Masters. It's like, gosh, this is this, you know. Um, I know you were happy about Danny Willett, but that's kind of how I felt it was gonna turn out to be is another Danny Willett episode where this, you know, a guy that you don't want to win wins it, but. Um, and then I remember that shot on 12 that he hit and that ball rolling back. And it was, we were just elated, elated, you know, running, you know, jumping up and down, you know, <laughs> screaming. Um, 
And then Tiger puts it, you know, because all those guys go for that pin on the right side of 12. Every single guy it was Tony Fina, Bruce Kepka, Ian Poulter, and Francesco Molinari. All of them went for that pin. And if they all came up short, I don't know if it's the wind, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but they all came up short and they all went in the water. And Tiger hits towards the center of the green over that, over that middle bunker and, you know, puts it to 15, 20 feet, whatever it was. And, you know, makes his par and moves on. And just has this like laser like focus, um, makes birdie on 16, I believe. And, and that was kind of when we were like, Oh no, it was his drive on 17 that he hit his like beautiful little power fade down, down the center of the fairway. And we just, we saw that tracer and, he, you know, you know, picked up his tee. We're like, all right. So, you know, if he's got this, <laughs> you know, two shot lead or whatever it was and, uh, it's, it's over. And then I remember he was walking up 18 and it was like this amazing moment. And my girlfriend, called me like she was trying to facetime me and i literally threw my phone to my bedroom i like i was like this is like quite possibly the worst possible time you could ever call me in my entire existence as a golf fan um and so we just uh you know rejoiced obviously it was awesome watching him uh hug his kids like he he got to hug his dad after his first win in 97 and uh you know it's just such a full circle thing and He's cheering as he's walking towards the scoring ten. It's just it was it was incredible. I mean, it was it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in, in sports for sure. Um, yeah, where were you? I um I was here in LA. I woke up extra early. I set my alarm. I think I had to wake up at like I set it for five forty-five so I could start oh, yeah. having a coffee because it was on at six a.m. our time. Uh-huh. And um, I remember, yeah, I remember, th- I remember thinking the same thing about Molinari. He looked solid. I was thinking about what happened at Carnoustie, and then it was just a miraculous finish. And and what he did on twelve was, I think, the whole tournament. Once he did that on twelve and just stuck the green after everyone had gone short and into Ray's Creek, which he did himself three times in the final round. Um, he scored a ten there, but he had won the tournament there in 2019, I think. Once he mm-hmm. once he did it on twelve, and I just it just felt amazing to watch him in a place where he's so comfortable. When he's feeling comfortable with his game, there's there's kind of nothing like when Tiger's in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you know there 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 are golf fans all over the planet that feel that way. Um, my uh, a topic that I'm going to be talking uh, you know I'm going to be talking about on this show the kind of Tiger versus Rory. The media tries to paint this image, this picture that there was a, a rivalry formed, and, and there's a lot of history behind their kind of coming up, and and a huge influence on Rory McIlroy was Tiger himself, and so you know I think that they've they've kind of looked for a, a, a true rival to Tiger. Tiger's kind of been in, his, in a league of his own in the majority of his kind of powerhouse days. Like, do you think that the, that there's actually a rivalry with Rory, or do you think Tiger's had anything close to a rivalry? Or has he just been competing kind of against himself? Um, it's an interesting question because I think that what Tiger has done for the game has been so monumental, not only for these guys, and these guys admit it too. You know, Phil Mickelson's said multiple times that, you know, these PGA Tour players would not be making anywhere near the money without Tiger Woods. So they owe him that. But at the same time, you know, everybody's being pegged up against Tiger now. Whether they, you know, whether it's five years ago, whether it's now, you know, Rory went on a stretch of winning, of winning all these majors back in, you know, the mid, you know, I think it was like what, 2012, he won his, or 2011, right. he won a congressional and then right. at Kiowa and then, and then, um, and then in 2014, he won a couple of times as well. And, and I think that 
when guys cool off, like you're seeing right now with Jordan Spieth, um, people write him off and they say he's done. He's he's done and dusted. I mean, golf is golf is not like that. Golf fluctuates, and you know, guys can get good. You know, after going through going through poor periods, you know, it's not like in the NFL. You know, if you if you fall off, then you're then you fall off. You know, if you're if you're a quarterback and you have you know a bad season, it's it's kind of over. Um, right. And so, with these guys, it's unfortunate that they're being pegged against Tiger Woods because Tiger did something that was you know he. I remember watching tournaments in in the mid two thousands where he just like he knew he was going to win. Like there was just he, he, oh Tiger's playing this week. All right, well Tiger's going to win. <laughs> Who's going to come in second place? You know, um, you know that was that that was the mentality that he had and. You know, it goes back even to, to what you're saying about him at, at 12 in 2019. You know, he, my grandpa's always told me, he's like, what separates men from the boys is the course management. And um, I think that was, that was exhibit A right there. I mean, yeah. course management wins golf tournaments and it comes down to being sound mentally. Um, it comes down to trusting yourself, trusting your game. And, but managing it well, managing the course right, well. Right. Um, it's what Bryson did at Wingfoot. But, um, but yeah, going back to Rory, though, I think, I think it's tough. I think Rory has to figure out his putting. I think that he hits the ball. I mean, he strikes the ball beautifully. I, I would argue he's probably the best driver on the PGA Tour. Um, but he, he lips out way too many putts from like 10 to 15 feet where guys mm-hmm. usually make them. Um, and the reason Spieth, I think, has fallen off a bit is because of the same reason. He's not making right. these big 30-foot putts like he used to. Right. And so, again, it all, it all comes down to putting. You know, you can you can hit the ball country mile, you can hit every fairway, you can hit every green, but if you don't make the putts, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. um, and, and to answer your question, though, I, I think, you know, people want to say Tiger and Phil rivals, and I don't think that's the case. I think they never really went head to head. Um, I would make the case that, that Tiger and DJ more were rivals than, than Tiger and Phil and Tiger and Ernie were rivals. I know there was a time where it was the kind of the fab four, which was him, Ernie, DJ and Phil. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't see Rory even touching Tiger. You know, Rory has this huge, um, all this fame and, and, and he's so, he's so successful, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is his wins just don't stack up. I think I saw a stat once that was like, I think in, in Tiger's first 100 starts, he won 20. I can't remember what it was. He won like some amount. And in DJ, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas's first 100 starts, they they don't beat him in terms of wins. I think he won like, Tiger won 25, and they won like 24 combined mm. in their first 100 starts. And it's just that there's just no you can't compare that you can't compare these guys to Tiger because um, he's just he's just been so dominant and now he's proven that he's he's a superior being in coming back and winning winning at, at Eastlake um, and winning the Tour Championship and then coming and winning the Masters the year the, the next year it's just yeah. I mean it's incredible and I, I think you know you say like well is Jack Nicklaus the greatest of all time or is it Tiger Tiger. I mean, yeah. Jack has more majors, but it's there's he didn't play the game the way Tiger does. You know, Tiger played in a way that and I, I I don't think we'll ever see anything like that in our generation for sure. I think he wins again on the PGA Tour, but do you think he wins another mar- uh, another major? I think so. Um, it's funny how th- know, it's, it's so funny how three years ago, if I had asked you that question, 
listening to you know you know watching golf central or you know listening to the radio three years ago everyone was answering no to that question oh yeah absolutely they all wrote him off and, and, uh, and, and it's not, a, not fair to say wrote him off i think that he his game just wasn't in shape so he, and you just don't know that's the thing about golf you just don't know, you know the, the, there was a lot of question marks a lot of question marks around you know his back surgery no one's come back from a back surgery like that and competed at any kind of professional level um, yeah. So he's kind of a he's kind of a medical marvel to begin with. Absolutely. He's like, well, and, and you think of like modern medicine too. Is and you know, I'll use the example of pitchers. You know, Tommy John surgery for a pitcher used to be right. the end of their career. Right. You know, yeah. now it's not really the case. You know, yeah, launch it. Yeah, it could be a launch yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so modern medicine has improved so much, and I think that obviously Tiger has had the best doctors in the world on, sure. on you know, helping his dad. I mean, he had the best fusion doctor ever, but like still a pretty good fusion to go out and then be able to win the 2019 Masters. I mean, oh, for sure. And, and he won the zone. Yeah, and I don't know if he'll win another Masters or a US Open just because those are such tough golf the tournaments. setups but, now on them. You know, yeah. a, a PGA or an Open yeah. Championship. You know, not that they're easier to win, but it's just, it's a more gettable golf course for someone like him who can kind of get through it mentally. If he's going to win um, another, I, I completely agree, but I also think if he's going to win another major, it'll either be a, again at Augusta or it'll be at a, it'll be at an open where the weather's terrible and the winning score is like one under, you know, like if he yeah. goes out and plays Muirfield and is able to just make pars for two rounds in a row, he's got the game to play that, you know, that kind of golf, that yeah, kind of leg. I mean, you don't need to, yeah. You don't need to hit it a country mile to, to, right. um, to win out there, you know, you don't need to, you know, where, where he, where he has strengths is in precision is, is in his mental game and his feel, um, his, on, feel on, on his feel is unreal. Yeah. His feel yeah, is yeah. just next level. And he taught, and I saw a really interesting interview where he said, um, I just, I take in the entirety of the environment when he's talking about playing feel, when he's, when he's inside of 60 yards, he doesn't really get numbers or lines. He takes in the entirety of the environment. I mean, it's just, he's, a, he's so obnoxious with that stuff. He's just, <laughs> he's, he's so annoying. Yeah. He said like, he's like kind of says it full of himself too. And I mean, as he should be, you know, he's Tiger Woods, he can but, say whatever he wants. Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah. any, the other great quote from him that I, I've just recently heard is that everyone's good out here is real good. It's just about how good is your bad. And I think that yeah. more golfers need to kind of have that mantra in their head. Like, Absolutely. you know, uh, I can I can go out here and be a bogey golfer, and that's uh, that's my good. Yeah, I got to I got to live with that. Be on my worst day. Yeah, yeah. On a more personal note, how are you how are you playing golf uh, yourself at the minute? Have you been able to get out at all? Have, have you got some courses around you? Oh no, absolutely not. Um, but uh, I played I played a few times this summer. It's you know, golf in New York is. I always tell people it's you know, like, oh, where do you play out there? And uh, we were actually lucky. Uh, Emma and I played Wingfoot last year, which was a really cool experience um, mm. playing there. And then you know we'll play Beth Page sometimes. But you have to keep in mind, you know, living in, I live in Brooklyn and to get to Bethpage, you know, you take the subway to, to Barclays Center, mm-hmm. you get on the Long Island Railroad, you transfer to Jamaica after like an hour train ride or, you know, half hour train ride and then take another hour train to 
Farmingdale or whatever, wherever Brett Page is, and then you gotta get an Uber to the course, and then you get there and hope that there's a tea time. You know, it's just like, it's a, and, and then do it all in reverse on the way back. It's a yeah. full, full day experience. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we uh, we've tried to kind of one of our buddies has a has a car, and we uh, tried to play a little bit here and there. But it's just it's it's tough in New York. It's really really tough in New York. That was but, uh, that was my next question: Is what's it like being a golfer in New York City? Like the 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 maneuver yeah. of the golf clubs on the subway train is a is yeah. a really I mean, unique you, uh, experience. Oh yeah, you and I you and I know we we went up to Van Cortland <laughs> a couple times. And, yeah, and you know you get lucky because you, you, as as a you know actor bartender or whatever you know my my off days are usually on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, so I'm taking the golf clubs up at nine a.m. on a Tuesday or Wednesday and just getting these heated looks from from these you know these suits on the train looking at me like mm, you, you guys going to play golf at <laughs> 10 a.m on a wednesday i'm can i'm going to work yeah. oh god you know um but uh yeah it's golfing in new york is not it's not pleasant uh you know i miss having i miss just having the sticks in the back you know the, in the back of my car and just on the way home going to the driving range or something like that which i know yeah. you can probably do in l.a but uh, yeah, no, it's it's not it's not easy. That's for sure. Yeah, sometimes too much for my own good. I'm not playing. I'm not playing well anymore. <laughs> I can't. I've, I've been playing too much golf. I'm not playing well anymore. How how often do you play? I try and play like once or twice a week, if I can. I play at this uh, short little course though. I play at this little executive course, and it's it's like threes and fours. Um, I like it because it's it's short. You know, sometimes some of the courses are around here. You know, you, you're signing up for five hours. Well, and I, and I think that here, here's my thing about that too, because I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty um, I'm a big believer in this. Is uh, two things in golf I believe should be should be changed. It, one of which is uh, following the divot on a fairway. I think yeah, that needs to go. Absolutely. I think that needs that's ground under repair. You know, you shouldn't hit the fairway and be in a in a divot and have to play it there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to repair. But also, these golf courses are being built now and being um, touted as championship courses and hmm. courses that um, that are tougher and tougher and tougher. And the bunkering is is tough, and everything's tough, and everything's difficult. You know, if the whole idea, which is you know, the whole idea that the USGA um, prides itself on is growing the game. You know, we want to grow the game. We to grow the game. You got to make courses like Drumlands that we played at, right. in Syracuse that are just like you know easy. And you know, I, I always ex- I explained uh, to Emmett the layout of Drumlands, and it's, um, <laughs> it's 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 hard to explain because I think they they got kind of creative with the layout of the holes. You know, okay, we'll tuck this in, tuck this dog leg back into the trees, and we'll have a bunker here and we'll kind of tuck it there and we'll, we'll have this par four kind of short par four up the hill and the trees and then dog leg right and then they got on top like you know what just back and forth just zigzag it you know it's, it's <laughs> we're over it you know um yeah. but uh but it's it, it's a it's an easy playable course you can spray it left you can spray it right and you're not going to hold up play yeah um you know you're you're not gonna you're gonna shoot a lower score you know it's not it's not something that you're going to go out and you know, I, I shot you know ninety six or something. It's like, oh my god, that was so that was so difficult. You know, and then there's a place for those courses, obviously, like you know Wingfoot or Shinnecock or or Beth Page or Torrey Pines or something like that, where it's like you know, this is where the pros play. So like you know what you're getting into when you're doing that. But right. for the average player, you know, you got to make it easy. You know, you got to make it big, wide fairways and greens that aren't you know like putting on glass. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think making making courses easier and playing courses like you said, you're playing, you know, it makes the game more fun. You know, you feel you feel good about yourself. Um, you know, coming off the course and you know you're not trying to win tournaments. You're just going out there to have a good time. Speaking of uh, playing drumlins, it's quite funny. I've got to send you this video. There's a video of like of Tiger helping people with their swings. And there's this guy who sent in a video and I promise you he's standing on the 18th tee box of Drumlins because there is no other hole that drops down 250 feet. And, he, and, he, and he's standing up there on the mat. I know it's, I'm like 100% certain it's Drumlins. Um, yeah. I'll send that you that video. <laughs> That's the thing. They did zigzags on the top of the hill. They were like, perfect. Wait, hold on. There's only 17 greens? Yeah. Damn. Damn, we got, we got to build an 18th. Like, they just completely forgot about the 18th hole. They were like, there's a cliff, there's a little bit of grass yeah. over here, and there's a cliff down to the tennis courts. It's about 250. It's a par three. It's a par three. It's ridiculous. Gonna it. Everybody's going to love it. It's the most hysterical 18th hole. But I did want to ask you about um, playing golf in Syracuse because we, we had some epic rounds out there because we could be able to go and play for free. But then there was also Drumlin's East, the fabled Drumlin's East. And do you remember our we had to take a physical elective. And so we took golf. Do you remember our golf teacher? No, you took golf. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You take a club back and you finish. That was, <laughs> you take that was the his club back and you finish. Swing. He yeah. was fantastic. That guy. Expert analysis of the golf swing. Cause I, that's, I mean, that's, you talk about brilliance and simplicity. That's you take the club back and then you finish and that's it. <laughs> and that's the golf. Swing. I love that guy. Uh, Wait, you I didn't take that course with own... me, did you? It was just me that no, took no, that no, course. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. I wish I did, but I, I think I have a picture in my phone of you, of us, of that day that we played that course, which, for the record, that the East course is, is not as special to us. As no, course. it's, it's I mean, not it's even as road. good. I, I was so excited for that, like, yeah. road hole, like, at the back. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was no fun yeah, at no. all. No, no, no. But I think I have a picture of, of uh, oh God, I wish I could remember his name. Um, but there's a picture of him like instructing you on the first tee. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be a long day. <laughs> like, he's like on the job, you know. Like, <laughs> like, god, like just let me play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a fun day. But I, I you know, there's uh, I also have you know videos and, and photos of us uh, of us playing in the West, and that was just it's just a a special special course. Uh, really, really special times out there. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Matt for talking to me about the professional game and, of course, reminiscing about our own times playing golf together. It's always a pleasure to chat with him, and I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation about golf. We ended up having a great golf season this year. We missed only one major, the... British Open was not held, but the PGA Championship held up at TPC Harding Park, Colin Morikawa, with a fantastic victory. What a great year he's had on the PGA Tour. Of course, Bryson winning at Winged Foot. He's done an incredible thing, turning into an absolute powerhouse on the PGA Tour, bringing the long ball into play, and he certainly dominated at Winged Foot. Of course, Dustin's incredible 20-under at the Masters. Golf was certainly different without patrons in the 2020 season, but hopefully in 2021 we can get fans back out and supporting the tour players. But there was an interesting kind of X factor that it brought. Getting to see these unbelievable courses, seeing these beautiful tracks without 
any fans you almost got to enjoy the scenery enjoy the way that these championship courses lay out another factor that it brought was there are some players who don't necessarily get as much support along the fairways and they don't get as many fans turning up and watching their rounds you know some golfers get overcrowded with people following and other golfers don't get the same kind of attention so it it kind of leveled the playing field for everyone everyone was dealing with the same circumstances everyone was just out there you couldn't get hyped on the crowd or be turned off by them either and I think it allowed for tons of players to be able to really figure out who they are and just focus on their goal focus on playing another huge part of this season was getting to see some of these rookie guys coming up I'm so excited to see the career span of Victor Hovland looking at the unique swing of Matthew Wolf. There are so many young guys. Colin Morikawa. I mean, these guys were able to play without the kind of pressure of having fans and just be able to go out there and see the golf course like they've always seen it and just play. Of course, there was also the NBA bubble that happened this year. We were treated to an incredible playoff basketball season. When basketball stopped, it seemed like a real wake up to everyone. Like, this is really something else. You know, something like we've never dealt with before. And the NBA took on the challenge of creating this bubble down in Florida, everyone staying in the same vicinity, everyone having to figure out a new routine and figure out how they were going to carry on with this basketball season. Zero positive COVID tests. The bubble was wildly successful. We were treated to an incredible NBA finals with the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers. Congratulations to the Lakers and all Lakers fans out there. LeBron's revenge season, as it were, seems to have paid off, ending with his fourth ring. Baseball had to adapt as well, a shortened season, 60 games, an elongated postseason, which ultimately led to the Dodgers finally ending their drought and winning a World Series, albeit in Arlington, Texas, in a relatively empty stadium, the Dodgers were finally able to put their drought behind them. A huge loss to the sporting world this year was definitely not being able to experience the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. There were so many question marks around what would happen if it would just be pushed forward into four years, but recently they've just announced that the 2021 will hold the Olympics in Tokyo. There will be an Olympic Games next summer, which is something we can all really look forward to, something I look forward to covering on this show. The Premier League season was also cut short this year. They had to take a three-month hiatus and Liverpool fans anxiously awaited whether or not they would be able to claim their first Premier League title in 30 years. Ultimately, Liverpool fans would rejoice this year. They did bring a title back to the Liverpool faithful. And similarly to the Olympics, the Euros that were supposed to be held this summer will be pushed forward to next summer. 2021, we'll be able to see international teams hopefully playing in a Euro tournament. Another chance for England heartbreak on my part and getting to watch football on an international level, which is always just such a pleasure. There really is so much to look forward to. There's so much to cover. And I can't wait to do it here on this podcast with you. Again, thank you to my guest, Matt Moretz. And to everyone, I wish you all a very, very happy new year. I will be speaking to you in the new year. More news, more interviews, all here on the All American Brit Podcast on Believe Podcasting Network. Be sure to check me out at AA Britpod on Instagram and Twitter and keep listening wherever you stream your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Johnny McEwen, and take care.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.